to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison, and I'm here, as usual, with Meredith. Hello! So, Mare, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's Friday, so I can't complain. Um, I actually have nothing really to report, so things are good, and uh, I know we have some quick shout-outs that I, uh, I would like to do before we get going. So, I wanted to do a quick shout-out to Seth and Susie for helping us with our Nefarious New York website. Um, you guys were absolutely instrumental in, in helping us to get the website going. So many thanks to you both. And also I wanted to give a shout out to Jen, my sister-in-law. She has been listening to us as well and, and hopefully she's enjoying the shows. We also want to thank our husbands who are putting up with us devoting most of our free time to this. So thanks Bill and Glenn. Glenn is my husband. Bill is Allison's husband. Tonight we are going to talk about a case that is still in the appeals process. So we will have to update everyone when that is all done. We're going to be talking about the murder for hire of Kelly Stage Clayton. Uh, a little bit about our victim here. Kelly Stage Clayton was born in Elmira, New York. She was the youngest of three children of Elizabeth Stage and the late Howard E. Stage a longtime fire chief for the local volunteer fire department. Kelly was a 1998 graduate of Elmira Free Academy, where she was an honor roll student and was on the cheerleading squad and softball team. Growing up, she was very popular and outgoing, reportedly. Um, she eventually moved to Las Vegas, where she was a cocktail waitress at Imperial Palace. In 2004, Kelly moved back to Elmira to be close to her family and she met Thomas Clayton, a semi-pro hockey player for the Elmira Jackals. Kelly and Thomas were married in 2006, and in 2012, they purchased a home on Ginnon Road where they would raise their two children, daughter Charlie and son Cullen, until tragedy struck on September 29, 2015. Thomas Clayton was born in Binghamton, New York on March 17, 1978. He joined the Elmira Jackals as a forward late in their second season right out of Niagara University, where he played hockey for four seasons from 98 to 2002. After retiring from hockey, Clayton owned a business franchise, which was a fire and water damage restoration firm. Clayton later became the project manager at ServPro, which was a similar franchise. So, on to the crime. Steuben County 911 received a call from Thomas Clayton shortly after 12.30 a.m. on September 29, 2015. 911. Help me, help me, my wife. She's dead. Hurry. Okay, just stay on the line with me. How long has she been down? I don't know. I don't know. I just got home. Sir, you need to calm down so I can help you. Is she beyond CPR? Yes. Sir, can you tell me why you think she's beyond CPR? Personnel from the Steuben County Sheriff's Office and the New York State Police arrived a short time later. Once they got there, they met a neighbor outside the home. He was extremely shaken and told them that Thomas Clayton was inside. Once they went inside, they saw a horrific scene. There was blood everywhere and evidence of a violent struggle. Then they saw Kelly dead on the kitchen floor, beaten severely. A paramedic who examined the body confirmed that Kelly was dead. The officers took Thomas outside and he kept saying that he couldn't stop shaking 
and he felt like he was going to faint. I would think that you would be shaken if your wife was lying dead on the floor, so... He was also concerned because his kids might have witnessed everything. Forensic evidence later revealed that she had been bludgeoned to death with a broken mall handle, which is kind of like a sledgehammer handle. The attack started as she lay in her bed asleep. She was struck twice there. She then made a desperate attempt to escape. She staggered and sort of ran down the upstairs hallway, knocking family pictures off the walls. She was either pushed or fell down the stairs, putting her head and face through the wall. So there's like a round head size hole in the wall. For your head to go through the wall, do you know how hard you have to hit that wall? That's like, that's, that's extremely violent. She ran through the dining room to the kitchen where her attacker caught up with her and finished beating her to death. He then left her body splayed on the kitchen floor. Okay. Authorities searched the house and surrounding property and questioned Thomas and neighbors. The officers can be heard on the body cam footage saying that this looked like a domestic incident and that they suspected the husband. She wandered in and had up the mouse with her. She really slammed it. Boom. And he puts her on the kitchen. In her face, you can see how her face is beaten. Husband. Clayton was arrested and charged with second-degree murder on September 29th, 2015. So just later that same day, they pretty much zeroed in on him. Clayton's daughter told police that a man was hurting mommy. She was able to give the details of what exactly happened that night, up to when her mother was running down the hallway being chased by a man and yelling at her, Run, Charlie, run! Charlie was also able to identify what the man was wearing that night. It's kind of weird, but every question she was asked, like, was just like Daddy, her response. So everything related back to Daddy. She, uh, asked about the suspect's eye color, she said it was just like Daddy. Asked how tall he was, she would say just like Daddy. Then she said, but it couldn't have been Daddy because then who would take care of us? In the middle of the night, this guy came and started hitting my mom with like this pipe thingy. Can you tell me more about that? Um, there was blood everywhere. On my door, on the floor, not on the carpet though. Like my mom ran to the door screaming, Charlie, 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 Charlie. I saw the robber like hitting her until she was on the ground. She was sort of suffering. Okay. I tapped her with a hockey stick. Um, and I hugged her leg. Wearing jeans, a black long sleeve shirt, and a mask. He looks like my dad. And, and why do you say that? How did you look like your dad? The mask and his shoes. How about the size of him? Was he a big, big guy or was he a little guy? The size of my dad. Did the robber say anything? Imagine how horrible, imagine how horrible for this poor little girl that's witnessing, witnessing this, but now she's being questioned about it and her mother is dead. 
During the early investigation, the police suspected Thomas Clayton killed his wife, but the name Michael Beard kept coming up. Now, Michael Beard was a laborer who lived in Elmira Heights. He worked for Clayton at Paul Davis, and then he also worked for a time at ServPro. Beard also rented an apartment that was owned by Clayton. He was also familiar with the layout of Clayton's home on Ginham Road because Clayton often had him over to do work around his property. When Beard was questioned, he eventually confessed that Thomas Clayton offered to pay him $10,000 to kill Kelly. Okay, so now he's admitting to the crime? Beard told police that he completed the attack and then went and changed his clothes. He put the bloody clothes in a gym bag. He then drove to ServPro and threw out the murder weapon, the bag of bloody clothes, and a set of keys that Thomas Clayton had given him to access the house. So he basically just tossed this stuff out the window at different locations along his way back to ServPro. As a result of Beard's initial statement and the physical evidence, both he and Thomas Clayton were charged with first-degree murder, murder for hire. Michael Beard went to trial in late October 2016. When he got on the stand, Beard recanted his confession and told the jury at his trial that Clayton did hire him, but not to kill anyone. He said he was supposed to burn the house down for the insurance money and that Thomas Clayton assured him nobody was supposed to be home. Yeah, right. Beard said on the stand that when he got to the house, Kelly was already dead and that he fled the scene in a state of shock. I mean, that sounds absolutely ridiculous to me, that he would just happen upon her dead. The jury thankfully rejected this version of events and convicted Beard on all counts. I was just going to say, duh. Prior to his sentencing, Kelly's sister Kim read a statement asking the judge to sentence Beard to the maximum. She said, September 29th, 2015, was the most painful day in our entire family lives, especially the lives of Kelly's beautiful children. You, Michael Beard, are a coward. Only a coward would attack a woman in her bed. I pray you will acknowledge and accept responsibility for what you have done. We will never see her again. Charlie and Cullen will never see their mother again. Beard also had a statement prepared for the court and Kelly's family. He maintained his innocence and stuck by the story he told the jury at his trial. Beard said, I did not kill that person. I'm sorry for your loss. I know you mourn, but I, Michael Beard, did not kill Kelly Clayton. May God rest her soul. Yeah, but the, the other problem I have with that, okay, so let's say he didn't kill her, right? You still were considering it. You still had the intent of killing her. And you were going to set the house on fire. So, sorry, I don't feel bad for you. Now you got to take the rap. I don't like him. Also, that same day, Mark Blandford, who we haven't heard about yet, pled guilty to second-degree manslaughter. Now, he drove with Beard to the Clayton residence on the night that Kelly was killed, and he basically just acted as a lookout. Thomas Clayton's trial got underway in early January 2017 and lasted nearly seven weeks. Three women testified that they had sexual relationships with Thomas Clayton while he was married. One of these women was actually a 15-year-old child at the time of the affair. 
so just 15 years old and having an affair with a married man. One of the women worked at a life insurance company and said that Clayton was asking about increasing Kelly's life insurance from 500000 to $1 million. The women all said that Thomas would complain about Kelly and say that he was going to leave her. In some circumstances, he even called her ungrateful and a bitch. Yeah, so he's a, he's a selfish prick. Now, Mary, you had alluded to this when we talked about this case um, before we were recording, but he also gambled frequently and was obsessed with money. Well, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me because in many, many cases, when somebody is trying to do away with their spouse, it's usually because they're either having an affair or it has to do with money. Those are the two things that come to my mind. Cell phone records indicated that even as Clayton was exchanging seemingly loving text messages with Kelly only a few days before the murder, he was also sending sexually charged messages to another woman. So he's like a pig. This guy's a jerk. Prosecutors believe Thomas Clayton killed Kelly because he no longer loved his wife and was having affairs with other women. Bingo. Duh. (laughs) But that he feared if he divorced her, she would get everything. I still, I never, ever understand this mentality of if you don't like your wife or you're not happy or you're having a fit, just leave her. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) While there was substantial physical evidence and witness testimony tying Beard to Kelly Clayton's death, the prosecutor had to rely primarily on circumstantial evidence to prove Clayton's guilt. Right. Beard couldn't testify at Clayton's trial, so none of his testimony could be used. He had just changed his story too many times and just wasn't a reliable witness. I mean, I don't know. Either you're, I mean, you can't be that stupid to completely change your story or, you know, I almost feel like sometimes maybe lawyers come into play here and then they kind of guide their clients down a different path or a different road. But it's just kind of weird because now he can't even testify. A key witness at Clayton's trial was Cy Ray, who was a former police officer who now owned a company that used software to combine all different information from phone company records, cell tower information, and GPS data. And it basically tracked the location and movements of active cell phones at any point in time. Right. We're talking 2015, you know, some of the other cases that we've covered, a lot of them were in the 80s and things like that, and this one is a more recent one, so now you've got technology that that can play a major factor in some of these cases. So Ray used that data to create maps that showed Clayton and Beard and their movements before Kelly's death. And this is the basic timeline that he got from that information. On September 17th, Beard was fired from his job at SurfPro. On September 21st, Clayton and Beard met at SurfPro and drove to Clayton's home and then returned to the Elmira area. And later on that day, Beard texted Thomas Clayton and said that he would need a bicycle. On September 23rd, Thomas Clayton parked his white Dodge pickup truck near Beard's home in Elmira and took a surf pro vehicle to Ohio for training. At this point, Beard is working a job nearby with someone else. So they work late into the night and on September 24th, just after midnight, Beard and the other individual 
leave the job and drive to the Clayton residence kind of to scope it out. And then they went back home. On September 25th and 26th, Beard and Clayton are in contact based on phone records. On September 28th, Clayton left his truck at SurfPro and took a company truck home. He left his house around 7.30 to go play poker at a friend's house. Before 11 p.m., he borrowed the friend's cell phone and called Beard. A few minutes later, Beard left his house on his new bike and went to SurfPro where he took a truck. He picked up the lookout, Mark Blanford, and then drove to the Claytons' home. On September 29th, Beard entered Thomas Clayton's home through the garage with a key that Thomas had provided. He attacked and killed Kelly. Clayton came home around 12.30 a.m. and called 911. He then brought his kids to a neighbor's house. The police arrived a bit before 1 a.m. Meanwhile, Beard returned the truck to SurfPro and rode his bike home. Clayton was convicted on all charges in late February 2017. The judge sentenced Beard to life in prison without parole. He was taken into custody and is serving his sentence at the Clinton Correctional Facility in Dannemora, New York. The judge sentenced Thomas Clayton to life in prison without parole on April 24, 2017. Hey, that's your birthday. Thomas Clayton said, There are two families that lost something in this tragedy. My children lost their mother and were ripped away from their father. I'm sorry Kelly is dead. I'm sorry that I can't see my kids. I had absolutely nothing to do with the death of Kelly. Absolutely. Thomas and Kelly's eight-year-old daughter, Charlie, wrote a letter to the court, which they read aloud, and this is just one little piece of it. She said, I feel my dad is a coward because he asked Michael Beard to kill my mom. Family members said Charlie suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, while her younger brother, Cullen, who was just three when his mom was murdered, calls out for her at night. That's so sad. And now you just, you screwed your kids up for life. You screwed your family up. It, just be a man, file for divorce, and get a third job if you need to, <laughs> if, if you need money. I mean, you know, I don't know. This guy makes me angry. Thomas Clayton is serving his sentence at Sing Sing Correctional Facility. He filed an appeal on October 18, 2018. His appellate attorney filed a 36-page brief arguing that the evidence leading to his conviction was legally insufficient. His main argument is that that data provided by Cy Ray was unreliable, that the information was not reviewed or analyzed by anyone else. The appeal is going to be heard by the Appellate Division of the State Supreme Court, 4th Department in Rochester. As of the date of this podcast, the appeal is still pending. The, the whole appeal process in this case pisses me off because it's like you did the crime, now you got to do the time and you're a wimp. And what do you, I mean, the evidence is so stacked up against you, just you know, God, don't make it worse. Be a man, be a man, stand up and say you weren't a man, you know? It just, it just bothers me because never mind the lack of empathy or any kind of love for your wife, but it just shows the lack of empathy that he has for his children. So that is the case of the murder of Kelly Clayton. 
I just want to really thank everyone for listening and sticking with us through some audio issues, which we are still currently having, but working on. Yeah, I'm having, we're having a lot of fun. Um, Thank you all for the five stars and the reviews. We really, really appreciate it. We're really trying to get a push for 100 five-star reviews. Also, I want to remind you that any money you're willing to donate would be very much appreciated. One dollar, two dollars, just go to our website, nefariousny.com, and hit that little PayPal button. We're still issuing that challenge. We're, we're carrying it over, carrying it over to nine dollars and eleven cents. We'll carry it over for a couple of more episodes. Come on, what's that? A cup of coffee? Not even. I don't know. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> so, Mara, do you want to sing us out? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, why don't we give them the website one more time? nefariousny.com please go on please keep the reviews coming the comments coming we love it and uh we're out nefarious new york stay tuned for some outtakes of meredith and elson after the music doing work around uh, the Clayton's. Holy shit. Beard was familiar with the layout of Clayton's. I'm starting again. I'm very, I'm very, excuse me, but I'm very smart. (laughs) Maybe it's a murderer. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Hang on one second. One fucking second. Why is no one putting the fucking dogs outside? I'm about to lose my shit. Thank you.